Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of a few books, including Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the Pops Devotion series, and the soon-to-be-released A Dozen Disappointing Disciples. If you want more information about my books or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. Let's get on with the talk. I don't know what you're like in terms of getting places on time, but I am someone who is often late. And there's usually a cascading number of reasons why that happens. The first thing that generally happens is that when I'm planning my trip, I'll look up on Google Maps how long it'll take me to get from my house to where we're going. And and my phone will tell me it'll take me 13 minutes to get there. So I'm like, great, I need to leave 13 minutes before I... I have to arrive, but I always forget that that's 13 minutes uh, from when you leave to when you arrive. And I forget that it takes me time to leave my house and to go down the stairs to the car park and to get in the car. And then, to, and then I get to drive. And then when I get to the place where I'm going, I've got to find a park. And then when I found a park, then I get to walk to the place. And it normally adds another five to 10 minutes. And so I'm already late before I've even left I just am late because I don't know how to read maps properly. And then when I'm getting ready to go, I'll be getting dressed or I'll be packing my bag. And as I'm wandering around the house packing my bag, I'll find different things to to put in my bag. And then I'll see that, oh, the rubbish hasn't been put out. So I'll just put out the rubbish and then I'll come back and I'll be like, oh, the... uh, the, the recycling hasn't been put out. So then I'll put out the recycling and then I'm like, oh, I've got to go. And then, but then I'll, I'll look in the fridge uh, just to make sure there's nothing else I need to throw out and I'll find there's more leftovers that need to go out and I don't want to put them in the bin because they'll stink up the bin. So I have to take them out. And then when I'm looking in the fridge, I also find them some, some leftovers dessert that's still good and I should eat that. So I eat the dessert and then I'm still running even more late. And then I realize that I haven't done my taxes. So I start doing my taxes. And then I realize that I need to get some furniture so I head off to Ikea and buy some furniture and come home, build the furniture, and then I decide that I probably should run for parliament. So I become, I run for the local member, and then six months later, I still haven't made it to the place where I'm going. Now, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I don't know if you're like me, but I do get distracted, and I'm always a little bit late. And all those things that I couldn't be doing are good things to be doing. The problem is they're not the main thing that I should be doing, which is leaving. You can easily get distracted by good things from the best thing that you should be doing. And in the story of Jesus that we had read to us today, we see that Jesus is dealing with this issue of being distracted by good things from the best thing, which is the mission that he has been called to. Uh, You heard last week uh, about how Jesus was at the synagogue. And at the synagogue, he cast a demon out of a man. Uh, On the same day, uh, he goes back to the house of Simon and Andrew, two of his disciples, uh, after synagogue, probably back home for lunch, like after church. Many people go home to other people's places for lunch. Uh, Some of you might do it today. If it wasn't lunch, then maybe they were going off. There was definitely going to be some food involved. And they head back to Simon and Andrew's house. And they hear when they get there that Simon's mother-in-law is sick. And so Jesus doesn't miss a beat. He heads in to see her. He takes her by the hand and immediately she's healed. And she gets up 
and she begins serving him. And when I read this, I feel a little bit uncomfortable because it feels like there might be an implication there that, that if the woman is not sick in bed, she should be up serving food to the men. But that's not what I think is going on here. Uh, it is true that uh, Jesus lived in a patriarchal society, but I think what Mark is doing as he is writing this in his gospel uh, is he's giving us an example uh, that we can follow. Because in the book of Mark, service is a very uh, important uh, value for the disciples of Jesus. Jesus teaches his disciples that whoever wants to become great must become your servant. Uh, and so uh, what Jesus is teaching there is that greatness comes with service. In fact, he himself says uh, that he did not come to be served, but to serve. And so then here is uh, Simon's mother-in-law, and she has an encounter with Jesus. And as a result of her encounter, she immediately begins serving. She is an example of greatness, that as we encounter Jesus, we then uh, begin to serve. Uh, and so this happens, and then the sun goes down, which means the Sabbath is over. So the people of Capernaum, where they are, are able to travel. And so they, uh, they take all their uh, sick relatives and friends and people they know who are demon-possessed, and they bring them to the door of Simon and Andrew's house. And Jesus meets them there, and he begins to heal them and cast demons out of them. After this has happened, they all go to bed and then the next morning, before the sun has come up, uh, Jesus gets up and he goes and he finds himself a quiet place by himself and he begins to pray. And Simon and the rest of the disciples, they go looking for Jesus and they find Jesus. Uh, and Simon says to Jesus, he says, everyone is looking for you. And when he's saying this, he's not just saying it because he's uh, feeling like, you know, Jesus might need to know this information, but he, he wants Jesus to respond to all these people. When Mark says that uh, Peter, Simon, and the disciples come looking for Jesus, the word looking there is not just a you know, casual look around, but it's a word for like pursuing or hunting down. Like Simon really wants to find Jesus and make sure that Jesus knows that he's got a job to do. And that's to go and heal all these people who will have gathered again in the morning because they all want Jesus to keep healing, to keep casting demons out. And Simon, sorry, Jesus, too many names. Jesus, uh, he has been praying because he knows that there is a challenge for him at this moment in time. He has a choice to make. Is he going to stay here and keep healing people and keep casting out demons, keep doing this good work? Because these are good things to do. Jesus is showing his love for the people by healing and casting out demons, by confronting evil. Jesus is doing good things here and he could stay in the town and he could become a provincial healer. He could be popular. Uh, he could make people's lives better. He could become wealthy and powerful and he would use his wealth and power for good things. There is a challenge for Jesus. Is he going to do that or is he going to do the mission that he has been called to do? And so he's been praying because he's been confronted with this challenge. And now Simon has turned up and confronted him with this challenge. And Jesus has to decide how he is going to respond. And he responds by saying, 
let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus knows that his mission is not just to do healings and not just to cast out demons. These are good things. But his mission is to do more than that. His mission is to preach the good news of the kingdom of God, to not just change one life, but to change the entire world, to not just heal one person, but through his death and resurrection to bring healing from the greatest affliction that is the sin and death that we all face and to bring us not just into the good life now, but into his new kingdom and new creation for eternity. If Jesus gets distracted by the good things, he will miss out on doing the best thing, his mission of bringing the kingdom of God to earth. And so I think there is in this passage a challenge for us too. I think there are two challenges, actually. The first is not to make the mistake of Simon, not to think that we know what it is that Jesus should be doing it, doing and not try to force Jesus to do the things that we think are best. We need to let Jesus set the agenda, let Jesus set the mission. Because for us, if we try and force Jesus into our own ideas of what he should be doing, if we have our own expectations of who Jesus should heal, or the prayers that Jesus should answer, or the way that Jesus should make our life better, if he does not do those things because he has a greater mission for us, then Jesus, uh, he will not change, but we will change. We will be hurt and our faith can be broken because we have expectations of Jesus that he cannot fulfill because he has a better mission that he is set to accomplish. Uh, My parents, uh, they have a Hills Hoist washing line in their backyard and uh, you, know, the, you know the hills hoist, the rotary washing line. It makes sense. It's a good invention. It works really well that you know, when you're hanging out your washing, you can swing this thing around and it'll either bring you empty line to put your wet clothes on or bring you your dry clothes so you can take them off and you don't have to move much. Excellent invention. But when you're a small boy, which I was growing up in my parents' house, you're not that interested in what a washing line is actually for. What you are interested in is that you can grab onto the arms of the washing line and then you can swing around and the washing line will spin you around. And my parents' backyard is a particularly good backyard for swinging on a washing line because it's on a little bit of a slope and there is one part of the backyard which the washing line juts out over where there's quite a large drop-off or a large drop-off if you're a small boy. And so my friends and I, when my mother wasn't home or she wasn't looking, we would grab onto the washing line and we would run as fast as we can. And then as we got to the edge, we'd hold on for dear life and swing out over the edge and then it would bring us back safely around the other side. And that was a great way to spend hours of our time. I taught my little sister to do it and so she would spend hours in the backyard also swinging on the washing line. The problem is that the washing line is designed for hanging washing and not for swinging small boys around. And so while we did that, the washing line got more and more distorted. It, would, it, would le- it started to lean over. The arms of the washing line got bent till eventually the washing line just wouldn't turn anymore. It stopped working as a washing line because we didn't use it for its mission. We used it for something less than that. 
and we broke it. And I think that is an illustration for us for how we can treat Jesus. That we can have our plans for Jesus. That we want Jesus to heal someone. We want Jesus to answer our prayer. And they can be good things that we want Jesus to do. And he may do them. There are good things that he does. He does answer prayers. He does heal people. But if they're not on his mission and we have a plan that we are sure that Jesus needs to do this good thing that we have for him and he's got a better mission, then Jesus will not break. But our faith will break like a washing line uh, that is made to do something that it's not designed to do. We need to be on mission with Jesus to let Jesus set the agenda to expect him to do what is right, to not get distracted from the good, by the good things from the best thing. And that is letting Jesus be Jesus, letting Jesus set the agenda. When we let Jesus set the agenda, our faith will continue to grow. When we align our hearts with his mission, then when he answers our prayers, we'll be thankful. And when he doesn't answer our prayers, we'll trust him because we know that he knows what is best because he is in charge and he is on mission and we will be on mission with him. I think the second uh, challenge of this passage uh, is not just how we view Jesus uh, in our own lives, but how we are on mission with Jesus as the people of God. Jesus is not here on earth anymore. His spirit is here, but he is in heaven. But the Bible teaches us that we are his people and we are the body of Christ. That here on earth, we have a job to do to continue his mission, to continue his mission of bringing the kingdom of God to earth, to continue his mission of helping people to know the good news of what he has done, to continue his mission of making sure that all people have a chance to respond to what he has done for them in his death and resurrection. And we can get distracted from that best thing of proclaiming the kingdom by all the other good things that we can be doing. And those good things are good things to do, but they cannot stop us from doing the best thing. Uh, I might have told you at some point in my preaching that I love going to the movies. Uh, I, I've, I always enjoy going to the movies. And one of the hardest things about lockdown for me was that I couldn't go to the movies. I went the longest stretch of time without going to the movies since the first movie I went to when I was like four years old and I saw Care Bears. I've been going to the movies pretty regularly ever since. And then last year, I spent a whole lot of time not going to the movies. That was really sad. But one of the things I love about the movies is it seems like uh, they're very good at being focused on what their mission is. And their mission is to show you movies. Well, actually, Their mission is probably to make money, but their mission is to make money while showing you movies. And they don't get distracted from that mission. And over the the many, many years that the cinema has existed, uh, there has been threats to the movies. There's been television. And then there has been the video store. And then there's been DVDs and there's been large screen TVs. And now there's streaming and there's a pandemic. And all these things are threats to the cinema experience. And what the the cinemas tend to do uh, is that they, instead of uh, going off mission, they just try their best to do an even better job of what their mission is. So they'll answer with a better movie-going experience. They they started by giving you color movies, and then they give you 
stereo sound and then bigger and comfier seats and then digital sound and bigger screens and then reclining seats and now you have seats that move along with you in the movie and they'll make a luxury experience and they'll bring you your dinner when you're at the cinema but it's all about going to the movies there's other good things there there's like popcorn and there's choc tops and there's coke but it's all about the movies and during the pandemic they stopped showing movies and they started just selling popcorn and choc tops and so you could buy them and you could take them home and have your own movie experience at home but it'd be really disappointing if I went back to the cinema after the cinemas opened again and they said oh well we did such a good job of selling popcorn that you can't go to the movies now we will just sell you popcorn I'll be like I don't want popcorn I want the movies because their mission is to show you the movies and all the other good things the the moving seats and the food and the experience that is all there to be on mission to show you the movies. Now, maybe you don't love the movies as much as I do, but hopefully you understand what I'm talking about. There are so many good things for us to be doing as the people of God. We can be helping people to have better lives. We can be healing people. We can be fighting injustice. We can be confronting evil. And these are all good things that the church should be doing. Jesus did good things. He did heal people. He did confront evil. He did stand up against injustice. But as he did them, he never let them stop him from doing his main mission, which is proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of God has come in him. The good news that in him there is life. And so now that mission has come to us and we must continue to do good things to help people to be healed, to have better lives, but in that, to let those good things help us do the best thing. To let the good things that we do not be the end of our work, but the good things that we do lead us to share the good news of the best thing. There is a God and that He loves us. There is a God and He sent His Son Jesus for us. And that Jesus came and He did the best thing by winning us eternal life. And so we proclaim the good news. And you might hear this and say, well, I can't do that because I'm not a preacher. And that might be true. But you are not the body of Christ by yourself. We are the body of Christ together. And some of us will be particularly good at helping people to, to at solving the problems of poverty. Some of us will be particularly good at confronting evil. Some will be good at praying for healing. Some will be good at giving physical help in healing. Some will be good at meeting the needs of the poor. And some will be good at standing up and preaching. But all of us have a job to do to share the good news of Jesus. To share the good news, maybe not up the front, but in your conversations. When someone asks why you do the good things, you share the good news of what Jesus has done for you. When someone uh, shares with you uh, their issues in their life, you share with them how Jesus has changed you. That you can do it in one-on-one -on -one conversations that you use the good things that you do to do the best thing, to invite people to meet Jesus and see what he has done for them. There is a challenge for us to align our hearts with the mission of Jesus, to keep doing the good things, but not let that, us, that distract us from the best thing of preaching Jesus. Now we might hear this and say, oh look, this all sounds like just some more stuff for us to do. On top of the good things that we do we now have to do the best thing as well and there's more stuff to do 
And we might feel like we have to do that so that God will look at us and then say, well, now you've done a good job. Now I can love you. But remember, it's important that we remember the example of Simon's uh, mother-in-law, that she did good things, that she served, but first she served only after an encounter with Jesus. She didn't get up and start serving and drag herself out of bed in the hopes that Jesus might heal her. But she was healed and then she responded. And so we remember the best thing that Jesus has done for us. We remember that we have been caught up in his mission, that he has rescued us and brought us into his kingdom. And we do the good things and the best thing out of the knowledge of that, what Jesus has done for us. We serve like Jesus, Peter, Simon's mother-in-law because we have had an encounter with Jesus like she has too. There is a challenge for us to not get distracted, to do the good things, but also to make sure that they lead us to share about the best thing, that Jesus is God who loves us and gave his life for us and welcomes us into the new creation, that we are part of God's kingdom. If you're not a Christian, then the challenge for you in this is that Jesus is on mission and he has a mission for you. And it's bigger than any other mission that you have. It's a mission to welcome you into his kingdom, to win you forgiveness and new life, and to put you on mission to make this world better by joining with him in doing good things and in doing the best thing in helping people know what God has done. And if you are a Christian, the challenge for you is to continue to do good works, to continue to love the people around you, continue to care for your neighbor, but also to continue to share the good news of what Jesus has done because you are on mission with Jesus to preach the good news because that is why Jesus has come and that is what he has called you to do. I'm going to pray for us. Our Father God, we thank you for your son Jesus that he came on mission for us to rescue us and to welcome us into your family and to invite us to join him into bringing his kingdom. I pray that we will, be not, uh, we will not be distracted uh, by good things which stop us from doing the best things, but that the good things we do will lead us to be able to share about the best thing that you have done for us in your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, that was the talk. Thanks for listening. I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks to watch my videos, order my books or book me to speak, go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash twfrench or on Insta or YouTube at twfrench as well. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast so that other people might be able to discover it. Till next time, have a good one.